Hi, I'm Daniel Budai, and this is the Ecom Show, a podcast where you can learn more about the world of high-performing e-commerce players and marketers. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. Let's grow your e-commerce business together. This episode is brought to you by Budai Media. At Budai Media, we help e-commerce businesses scale beyond eight and nine figure annual revenue with retention marketing and website conversion rate optimization. We help e-commerce businesses get to the next level by increasing their customer lifetime value and website conversion rate. Budai Media helped 100 plus e-commerce stores grow from all over the world in the last three years. If you think you need help with scaling your e-commerce business, let's connect. Email us your questions at contact at thebudaimedia.com. If you want to learn more about this topic or find out more details, go to thebudaimedia.com. Let me spell Budai to make it easier for you. B-U-D-A-I. So again, go to thebudaimedia.com to learn more. Hey everyone, here is Daniel with another episode of our Ecom show. And today I'm here with uh, Florence Bach and uh, he's from Monkeys Digital. And uh, today we will discuss such topics as conversion rate optimization, how to scale an e-commerce store, and uh, even more. In the last episodes, we invited uh, big players from the e-commerce industry, such as Clavio, SMS Bump, Helix, Ricard, and other companies. And uh, today uh, we are talking with uh, Monkeys Digital. Hey, uh, Florence, how are you today? Hi, Daniel. Nice to meet you. Happy to be here. I'm feeling very excited about this episode and uh, ready to rock. Awesome. Where are you located? I'm located in the center of Germany, about two hours north of Munich. That's where my office is, mostly at home at the moment. We're still under heavy corona restrictions. They are going back on and off every once in a while. So having a safe place is always nice to see. And uh, with a good internet connection, you can do anything you need. Yeah, awesome. It, I think it's so great that uh, we have a job which, you know, we we don't need many things to do it. Actually, we need only good internet and a laptop and uh, not much more. Maybe a camera or a microphone for a podcast. Yes, yes. That's it. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Almost, yeah. uh, it, it feels like almost nothing changed from going into lockdown to before. Um mm-hmm. You have your desktop set up. I mean, I personally had a couple of screens and, and work equipment at home already, already before the uh, pandemic hit. So it feel, it was a smooth tra- transition, but uh-huh. sometimes the office is still missing. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you need to find your own edges to get to contact people and and feel yeah. kind of connected. But it's, uh, it's a very, very thankful topic to be in, to work in, and very exciting as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just really curious what you think on this. Uh, when you are in an office with other people, you are more creative. Do you feel others more creative as well? Or you think it's something that you can do it alone and that's totally fine? And you can use Slack or Zoom if you want to brainstorm with others? That's a very interesting question. Actually, we had this dic- this discussion many times already, maybe once every quarter uh, with our well. entire team. Yeah. yeah. Because I, f- I feel like it changes over time. Uh-huh. There are some periods where you feel like you need to be in the office a bit more, depending on what you're currently working on in the big scheme 
of your of your company of your of your team of your projects um, me personally i do enjoy being at home three maybe sometimes even four days a week and then i have one day or two days in the office just to check in on people have some projects it really yeah. helps to have some strategy planning in the office where you have a whiteboard where you can just cut out the phone, other noise, email, Slack, whatever, and to really focus on a topic. But also working at home with email and everything that you're bombarded with, you have the chance to really get to know yourself a bit better. I mean, in the sense of that you understand where you're being distracted and where you can organize yourself. Um, so I was, I'm a creative person. Um, I like digital marketing and I, I'm very curious about finding ideas left and right. So I had my, my struggles getting into this kind of home office topic. Uh -huh. um, I was yeah. not the most organized person. I got much better uh, because you, you just need to. And uh, having a separate home office desk from the rest of your apartment was working wonders for me where you just can, it, it feels like being in the office, but still yeah. having the comfort of your kitchen, like a coffee machine yeah, back yeah. home. That's very helpful. But for the, the big big sessions and strategy planning, I do definitely prefer an office. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I uh, like a few years ago, I had my office desk next to my bed, and that was a terrible decision. <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes I even worked in my bed like three, four years ago. So uh, I, I don't recommend it. At, at least you need a separate room where you yes. can just work and... Uh, yeah, I think that's a good uh, thing to do. And also, it highly depends on the person. I know some extroverted people who always want to go to the office, hang out with others. Some people, including me, I'm okay to be at home all the time. I, I just realized it a few weeks ago. I spent five days alone in a row. I just worked on things and I, I didn't mm -hmm. meet anyone for five days. And I didn't even realize it at first. So, yeah. Um. Please tell us more about your personal story. So um, how did you end up in the digital marketing world? Ooh, the digital marketing world. When I first heard about it, it actually sounded a bit mysterious to me because I was never really into algorithms, um, marketing, kind of sales as well, advertising. I studied engineering here at a local university in Germany. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it was really fascinating to understand how things work. That was what always drove me. But I realized that late in my studies, it, it wasn't really what I wanted to go for. And I wanted to really have something that is independent from the place where I work at. I, I just couldn't get the grasp on the idea to, to move to a city just to have a job. I thought about yeah. moving to Sweden back then. I wanted to go to Gothenburg. But what happened if I if I wouldn't find a job there? I, I would just make it so I was dependent on, on either the location or the job. And um, since I'm a, I love my freedom. I just wanted to be where I want to be with whom I want to be, and I was just looking for opportunities. And I've come across a friend, friend of mine who I've been friends with for, well, we know each other 20, 22 years since fifth grade, fourth grade almost. And he came upon this idea that, hey, let's look into marketing. Digital marketing, it's something that is, it, it's playful. You can do it from all over the world. And when was it? Might... Which year was that it? That was in late 2015. So it already started okay. a couple of years when I was still studying. But I mean, 
in the beginning you don't go like hey this is it let's jump yeah, into it for sure go go full time it, it took some time to understand what the opportunity is for me but i really enjoyed working with numbers i mean engineering numbers visualization of diagrams and graphs i i got i got sucked in and it, i really liked it i started with amazon ppc i would say it's a very easy looking back now i would say it's a very easy tool to to start with because you don't have that broad dashboard like you have in google mm -hmm. ads or even facebook ads um so it was yeah kind of smooth entrance and understanding and your when you have your own first e-commerce store that when you spend five thousand euros a month in marketing and you're spending it faster than you can earn it makes you think about how does it work and i came to realize that spending how to make like knowing how to spend your money in marketing is more important and you can control it by clicking by adwords by by choosing keywords and bits and budgets and it was really interesting it, it felt like opening a valve opening a tap you decide which direction if you want it warm cold a lot of water small amount of water and i, I felt in control while having the idea i'm at my laptop i'm at my computer i can do it from everywhere let's get better at this and uh, yeah, it was really interesting. We had two stores in the beginning on, on Amazon up until I would say late 2016, a bit longer mm -hmm. than a year. But it wasn't, it, we were more interested in understanding how PPC works and how it fits into the bigger advertising picture than just selling products ourselves. And that made us switch to Google AdWords because it's the biggest market in Germany. Um, it's the biggest market in advertising worldwide. And Germany is the second biggest Google AdWords market in the world, actually. I didn't know it. Wow. Um, I guess I guess USA is the first, right? Yes, Google uh, USA Germany is second. USA is first, and then there comes nothing for quite a bit of time. And or... UK? How about the UK? Because I think for Facebook, UK is the second. Or do you know Facebook ads? Oh, I I don't have statistics for Facebook in my mind, but I know that uh, I think France is number three. France and the UK should be three and four or battling for it. Uh -huh. um, plus minus. Then we also have Australia. That's kind of strong. Okay. Uh, any any dollar or euro country, basically. Yeah. yeah. And, and the European regions. But uh, I know that Germany is place number two. And it made us switch to Google Ads because there was just so much more to explore in it. I mean, all the different campaign types. You have shopping, you have display, yeah, yeah. YouTube, search, and... And we found some great courses. We we read all the books we could get our hands on. We read biographies about Albert Lesker, um, David Ogilvy, all the advertising experts that we could find. They never and saw Google Ads, and they, they never saw Google Ads. No, but I think I think the start was really really interesting <laughs> because you you. I was interested. I was interested in the. In the process like how those masterminds thought about advertising how to understand what makes people tick that's yeah. i would say one of my favorite questions and one of my most the topics i spent most of my time on because i think it's really interesting and also helped me learn a lot about myself as well and um yeah that's when we had our first started to have our first clients like the people we spend time with in amazon they wanted to expand to google and we find that Google is a much better business model for us to work on as a PPC agency because okay. Google, Google clients um, need maintenance almost every week. 
I mean, there are some accounts that you don't need to kind of touch every week. There are some accounts where you need to look in daily. And we even had one startup account it, and like with just very low budgets because it's such a niche, niche topic where you maybe need to have a look at it once in a mm -hmm. month to really change something. Uh -huh. I mean, also your job as a PPC agency is to take care of nothing's breaking. Um, so that's also a big part of it. But we found that for Amazon or um, even for Facebook, sometimes you need a one-time optimization because Amazon also includes like listings, um, product images, and there's just not the advertising PPC itself that's having an impact. And we are just number freaks. We, we love working with money numbers, digits, and graphs. And that's where, yeah, it felt like perfect fit Google Ads and and our brain. So we, we dove into it and we've been there ever since. Um, ever since 2016, um, full-time, basically. I finished my studies next to it, uh, but after it, I decided to, yeah, just go all in, try it. I mean, now or never, basically. And I think it was one of the best decisions to, to stand on my own feet. To really have something I'm, I really enjoy doing. I mean, there's it never starts that you have a thousand clients in the beginning, or that you uh, <laughs> yeah. you're always overwhelmed with work. You're always a bit stressed, but making your struggle through it, I, it feels like it's a jungle. And going through it, you're struggling. There are some bees stinging. There are insects. There are spiders that want to bite you, and and you 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 start to struggle. And when you when you overcome those struggles you find that you solved a puzzle and that kind of puzzle solving staying in the jungle that's kind of that's the juice for me i like it yeah 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 you enjoy the journey right enjoy the journey the ups and downs the back and forths um but overall it's it, yeah it's just i like it a lot i mean i can't imagine staying with advertising for a long time just because it's so mm -hmm ubiquitous i mean you have it in every company yeah. every company needs advertising marketing and it's just so versatile um i think what i haven't what i haven't thought about in the beginning is that you learn about yourself so much and what you react on are you a person that's driven to numbers are you a person that's driven to a creative to something that's auditory maybe even to something that's okay kinesthetic will be will be hard to get on but um do you listen maybe to in the of voices Maybe in the metaverse, yeah, with all those gloves coming in. Yeah. Um, just And there's always something different. I mean, it's it's a quick-moving industry, and yeah. there's always something new to learn, which is really exciting. It sounds like you have a, now you have experience with multiple channels you mentioned, and uh, now you also do, if I look at the website, you do Facebook ads, you do uh, conversion rate optimization. Let's talk about those in a few minutes. But mm -hmm. uh, you have experience with multiple uh, ad channels. And as you said, this industry changes so fast. And there will be something new. Maybe TikTok ads, maybe Snapchat ads will be more important in the future. I don't know. Or other new platforms. And sounds like uh, once you understand the principles and you can learn those from David Ogilvy or Ogilvy and uh, mm -hmm. from these uh, uh, masterminds, the, from these old uh, experts, um, then you can use these principles anywhere in the future because, uh, you know, human psychology is the same. The same. It doesn't Absolutely. change. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
Let's talk about uh, the other services. So I'm really interested in conversion rate optimization because mm -hmm. my agency also do it. And I'm just really curious, what's your approach on this? Maybe it's worth to compare it, if you don't mind. Uh, yes. What's your approach? I can also share my two cents on it, how we do it. And uh, I think that would be interesting. I would say the most impact for us um, of conversion rate optimization is once the account has a specific kind of size already, yeah. I would say, or if you are completely new. Um, okay. If you are completely new, let's say you're a startup, let's say you are a new product, you're starting out in the market and your product is known to someone else, um, you need to have a converting website in order to send paid traffic to. If your website is not converting, if it's not yeah, convincing the user to buy something, no matter if it's like you, you just need to pound on, on the customer for the first time and the one time, let's say you want to sell, you're, you're offering a customer that you buy their gold, right? Mostly it's just a, a one-time transaction ever other than if you're buying coffee or cacao or anything, you, you hope the customer will come back 10 or 20 times or as long as they live, basically. So if you have a website that's working, then I would start to run advertising campaigns because if you're, if you're just having a website that's not perfect and functioning and you know it's selling, all the traffic is basically, it's not zero, but you don't learn anything. I would say one of the worst things you can have is wrong data or no data but if you if you're sending let's say 10,000 euros a month in shopping or google ads in general on a website and you have five conversions then on one side it's not profitable but on the other side you don't know where it's wrong like if there's nothing that's good and nothing that's bad you don't know what the thing is that that you should work on first so i think um before starting with campaigns and before taking it seriously you you should have a well working website, um, and we, we sorry, find let, that. Let, let, sorry, yes. let's stop stop it here for like one minute. So, if uh, there is a startup, they come to you. Do you help them with uh, creating a new website? And if you do it, then then how do you do it, or what do you recommend these companies how they should do it? Most companies that come to us. Uh, I would say 80 to 85%, they do have an existing history. Yeah, yeah. They have an account history and they have an existing business that is maybe at least one and a half to two years old. Um, it's very, very rarely working that you as an, a PPC agency, no matter if it's Facebook or Google ads, yeah, that yeah. you just, uh, with your campaigns, you're accelerating the growth of a client mm -hmm. you're not creating the growth like you're not building the business right yeah um you need to have at least a couple of channels working together so if you look in your google analytics ideally you want organic social you want um, just organic you want tiktok ads maybe email you want google ads facebook and influencer marketing right so you yeah. have seven legs that your company is standing on if you're just starting out and you're running only Google ads, you have the pressure that you need to be profitable very quickly. And it, yeah. just, it just takes away creativity and testing and the time the algorithm needs to adapt to changes. 
So I would say if a client is completely new, it's not the best idea to just start with, with Google Ads. You, you will have to have, um, you can have it as a testing channel, which is very famous for startups. Um, mostly very small budgets are flowing through it because it's very niche keywords that you're trying to target, but it will help you understand because the keyword is such a good targeting method um, that you have high quality on your website and how that traffic is going through your website. So you can analyze it in, in Google Analytics. You can analyze it in, in Hotjar, for example, uh, which is a very famous yeah. tool. And um, there's no no real roadmap or blueprint to have a, a converting website. I mean, I've seen websites where I thought, wow, that's a bit ugly. <laughs> that's not very customer friendly. And it was converting at know, nine or 10%. Yeah. And then I've seen very good ones and the product was maybe not appealing to the customer. So the, the conversion rate was 0.5%. So it, but if the business is surviving without Google ads in the beginning, then you can, then they probably have a very well functioning business beforehand mm-hmm. and a website that's converting. Um, sometimes we, we try to design landing pages or we give yeah. input that maybe a landing page is a good idea to start testing traffic because it will almost always have a higher conversion rate than just your regular product page. Um, if it's exactly. optimized for selling, if you yeah. have uh, a consumer good like bread or uh, a pizza or anything that you usually buy on a more once in a month basis, yeah, uh, you want a description about calories. You want a description about maybe a recipe for that product, anything that, makes you as a customer understand, hey, without that product, I'm going to die. That's like always a good marketing strategy. And if you then top it up with a discount, with a subscription that gives you 10% off or something, and then some Mm -hmm. urgency, only valid up until in two weeks or in two days, that's always a good driver of performance. And most small e-commerce stores haven't taken the time or the money to invest into that kind of understanding because they didn't need it because they lacked other channels that would have also benefited from increasing your conversion rate or in general, making sure that your website is selling. So that's kind of the stage we're in before uh, sending traffic to a page, but that's about 10 to 15% of the people we work with or that are coming to us asking for, for PPC help. Yeah, I think, uh, at that size when they are just a startup as you said they should just make sure that they have some uh, traffic coming in uh, quality traffic and just make sure the website has good conversion rates you don't have to have a world-class conversion rate we also have clients with eight percent conversion rate six percent and that's amazing mm-hmm. for them but uh, the average in e-commerce i think it's two three percent and just try to achieve it first landing pages can help everyone I think Shopify themes are useful as well. However, uh, I think at some point uh, it's not the right way of thinking, but at the beginning it can help. And uh, what what happens when they grow? So uh, what how, how things change and uh, when uh, the real conversion rate optimization comes mm-hmm. in? Ooh, so as we're working with e-commerce, e-commerce is really driven by data. Um, you can analyze almost everything from 
of course, the, the last purchase is what most people just usually want, um, make some revenue. But the steps before that, you have the checkout begin, you have the add to cart, you have the product page yeah. view, you have the duration on your site. Um, but the further away you are from the sale, and then the closer you get towards the sale, sometimes you find exponential traffic drops. And of course, the most important step is from add to cart and then to really fulfill the checkout. So that's where we have the most work usually done. But it makes sense to start that at kind of, I don't want to make a, a real threshold here, but usually you want to have around 10 to 15,000 euros in ad spend in Google ads per month. Mm -hmm. That would relate to probably let's say 500, 500 to 1000 visitors a day or clicks a day just from Google ads, because then you have a specific critical mass of data over which you understand the leverage of conversion rate optimization before. Yeah. So any anywhere between zero and I would say 10,000 euros a month, you have so many tools in Google ads to really improve it easily with some changes in campaigns, with some new um, product images with new types of biddings. But once you get to that massive data, and I mean, the only way that you can sell something in e-commerce, you're either capturing and converting your market share, or you're stealing from someone else's market share. And that's, just, that's why small accounts usually grow a bit faster than larger accounts. Um, maybe about 100 to 150% per year, which is really possible in the first three, four or five years. And then you have the bigger accounts where I would say 30 to 60% growth a year is, mm -hmm. is, a, is a good default to go for. But once you have thousands of clicks on one product page, improving the conversion rate by just from 2% to 2.1%. And that can be if you just change the color of the checkout button, right? Um, yeah. has more, more impact in volume, higher leverage than if I send the double the traffic to it, because at a certain point you will have to bid even more aggressively and more expensively to capture more traffic because others are also marketing, right? There's competition. Um, it depends on how long your account is already live. How long is the account history working? What's been working compared to this black Friday? To, to last year's Black Friday. And um, it, it's always a challenge to understand what's really going on. And mostly traffic and tracking is off by at least, I would say 5%. There's always something uh -huh. lacking, even in analytics. And that's that's the challenge, yeah. So I would say if, if you have more than 500 to 700 clicks a day with your Google campaigns, um, have a deep look at where the conversion rate is dropping off or what might be those essential blocks where you can see a difference. And since we are only working with e-commerce clients, we would say that any drop off that's higher than maybe 30 to 33% is maybe sometimes worth investigating because you find something very interesting. In the and, funnel. Then right? it, yeah, and the funnel. And then again, if you have, I mean, you would need to look at 500, 600 individual user trackings and then user behaviors to see a pattern. It just takes a lot of data, um, but it's very, 
to uh, to start it um, because you can easily shift around the design and buttons and, and behavior of customers. Yeah, that's very interesting what you are saying. And uh, we have the same approach that if they don't have 501,000 visitors at least, uh, not just from Google, but from everywhere, it's not really worth to do an audit or a deep investigation uh, about their CRO. But uh, the bigger they are, the more it makes sense. And uh, I think somebody said it, uh, that uh, the bigger the store is, the more they should focus on the conversion rate optimization and less on Mm -hmm. ads. Because as you said, it becomes harder to scale the ads. And... uh, you know, it just make it makes more sense to spend on conversion rate optimization. There is a bigger return on that than on the ads side, which is uh, interesting. Um, maybe this will be a bit, um, I don't know, high level or or you know, like an like an overview about Google and these ad platforms. But do you find it true that uh, Google, Facebook, and these uh, online ad platforms they they uh, prefer and yeah they prefer the small businesses but they don't like the monopoly of big businesses uh i know it's very theoretical but i I heard this from someone and i it really captured me this thought because you know with facebook google ads you cannot really grow beyond a certain level and is it because of the system or it's just how it is or yeah Oh, there are a couple of questions, actually. Um, the first one, you mentioned that how does Google or Facebook prefer smaller or bigger businesses? Um, from my experience, and I've been looking through different agencies, different mm-hmm. profiles, different uh, stores of well, like we've been managing about 300 to 320 projects so far. And whenever we've been in contact with a Google rep, the tech team, Facebook ads managers, um, we always find that the bigger the client is, the more premium the support is mm-hmm. from Facebook. So I, I feel like, especially, yeah. especially when you're spending for Google, one of the thresholds is 100, 100K per month. Like this, uh-huh. once you get a six figure spender, um, you get a premium support. And mm-hmm. that, that's just, that's just how it is. I mean, they are more focused on those because Google knows that they are not the really big players, but they are the ones where once you have a certain amount of ad spend, it means that your business is rolling, your business is working. And Google has more ad spend to earn themselves when they understand how to make a six-figure business to a seven-figure business, right? Because yeah. it's just a matter of where to target and get it globally. And Google has the data, I think. But if you are a 1,000, like a four-digit business, and you want to get to a five-digit business, it's it's much harder. Because when you're profitable on a very small level, um, there are way, way, way too many stores to really have an absolutely unique selling point. I mean, there are probably, like in the shoe category, which is maybe the the category with the most offers in, in Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look in the Merchant Center, you find tens of thousands of product pages just relying to shoes. And I don't know how many retailers are offering Nike Air Max One, like the white, the completely white ones. Uh, it's hard mm-hmm. to to do anything, but 
yeah, leverage the price. So you have a, a really hard time um, making those smaller accounts grow because everybody wants to have a part of the cake. Um, and, and I think that those medium-sized accounts, like those 50 to 500,000 euros or dollars in ad spend a month, that's the one Google is most interested in because the really big players like Intel, Adidas, um, whoever is on Google, like they are hardly moving. Apple, Amazon, um, Zalando, they have their millions of budgets a month. They can't really grow anymore. They just kind of, they're starting to establish themselves. And I think it's, it's worthwhile to think about that Google will help people who have the potential to grow. It's like a, a venturing business, understanding which company has potential, reaching mm -hmm. out to them, telling about the growth plan, and then make them spend the money. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. you see it also a lot of, yeah. a lot still in the recommendations in Google Ads. There are some settings that I would say do not really support profitability for any advertiser, but just they incline you to spend a little bit more, um, and that's yeah. <laughs> so they are interested mostly in high growth businesses who are big spenders but not like adidas or or you know nike or these huge established brands because they have they don't really have the growth potential anymore right uh yeah. especially on these platforms yeah it's quite interesting yeah 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 it, it depends a bit on how really how strong your brand really is uh, especially with shoes, I, I hardly believe that anybody who's looking for shoes does not have a brand in mind. I mean, if I look for, for some sneakers, yeah. I look for, let's say, Adidas, Nike, Puma, um, whatever's out there, right? Even yeah. if you have a very specific style, you know you know the brand. You know the, you're know you not looking same for with cars, white I think. sneakers. Yeah, same with cars, same with maybe even tech stuff. Um, yeah. And even if you don't know the brand, you're looking on an aggregator site like Amazon or Check24 mm -hmm. in Germany, for example, and you look, you compare it, and you, and then you yeah. look for the brand again. Um, it's 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 very uncommon that someone's not looking for a brand, and uh, you find that most titles in in shopping ads that are for shoes they start with a brand and then the size. It's just very hard to get a. A unique ad for that it just doesn't work yeah. any different way yeah i completely agree yeah yeah i have one more question to you so do you have any mentors or someone who you really look up to uh it can be even uh, that person like ogilvy uh mm. but uh, yeah is there anyone who you would mention and how he or she helped you oh there are a couple of people but um, I would say one book I read, it's called Influence, The Power of Persuasion from Robert Cialdini. Yeah. It's, it's a book about human psychology and it, it defines the, I think, seven or eight basic principles of how people make a decision when they are not forced, but when they are in the, in the state of taking a decision. Uh, and my favorite example is you are like there's like imagine a lemonade stand from the us where a kid is offering lemonade um, yeah. but just with cookies like a cookie stand and that, that kid has three jars of cookies let's say macadamia white hazelnut brown and chocolate black cookies mm -hmm. 
and there's a person coming and they see, hey, there are three jars with cookies. I'd like to buy a cookie. And the macadamia jar has one cookie in it. The And the others have seven, eight, ten. It doesn't actually matter. Just because there's one cookie left in the macadamia glass, <laughs> the person buying is, I don't know, like 30 or 40% more inclined to buy that cookie just because there's fewer of them left. And yeah. it means on one side, there's social proof that this cookie must be good. I mean, that's the only reaction that person can have in their mind. But the person doesn't naturally think about maybe the kid was only able to bake one because he had just one macadamia nut, right? It, it can be a solution, yeah. And uh, but it doesn't need to be the solution. And so, what I what I really enjoyed about the book is there are so many examples of that kind of thing um, in the real world, and and you start thinking about, hey, I th I think it's that, but it's not a hundred percent true. And you start evaluating things based on what is certain and not what not certain. So how do you know you're right that that cookie is the best one? You would need to test all three of them and then make the decision for you. But just because you display it as it's the rarest, the best, you sell that. And if you take higher price for the macadamia cookie, yeah, you're making more profit, right? And that's marketing in that world. Yeah, and that's that. I was so fascinating. So I, I recommend that book to anyone trying to understand either their customers better, making better offers on the landing page. Absolutely amazing. I think it's like ten dollars or so on Amazon. Grab a copy. It's packed with knowledge. It's it's yeah. It's my number one read. I also read this book, and uh, I don't remember the story, but the book is amazing uh, itself, and. Uh... Also, the author has multiple books. Uh, yeah. And those are really good marketing books. Uh, so, yeah, highly recommended. If uh, anyone wants to find you and your company, where they should go? They should go visit us on monkeys.digital. It's our web address. We do have a little podcast ourselves and write some blog articles about the, the topics we're presenting to the world. It's mostly e-commerce on Google Ads and Bing Ads. So whenever you're looking for a topic regarding shopping, selling your product, give us a give us a thumbs up, give us a message. We're happy to help. Always open to chat. Amazing. We will put these links into the description so anyone can find it. And uh, thanks again for joining us today. And thanks everyone who watched the live stream or uh, listened to the podcast in the future. And uh, stay tuned. Every week we come with a new episode. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ecom Show podcast. If you want to learn more about e-commerce, retention marketing, check out our Facebook group called Top 3% E-commerce Email Marketing or check out our website, thebudaimedia.com. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. See you in our next episode and don't forget our goal. Grow your e-commerce business together.